the Westworld TheoryCast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Cufflinks.com wants to thank all the first responders, people working at the shopping centers, people helping other people out as we all go through this corona crisis. We wish you well. We hope everyone stays safe. And when we get past this, we're going to go out. We're going to get together and we're going to look good. You can go to cufflinks.com right now. Use code DVR20. Get 20% off your order. No minimum. Also, May the 4th is coming up. Star Wars, baby. Use code STARWARS30 to get 30% off all Star Wars accessories. Also, Cinco de Mayo's coming up. Go on over to cufflinks.com and save. Star Wars 30 from April 29th to May the 5th. May the 4th be with you. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Westworld Theory Cast. My name, of course, is Justin Thomas from Top Shelf Fandom. I have been filling in and will be filling in with Axel. He will be back next week to join us on what I'm calling now my takeover. He's going to try to take it back to the last minute, so we're going to have a Maven Dolores fight. Um, we'll see who loses. But until we see the outcome of the epic Potter and Warfare, I'd like to say hello to my two guests, Brett and Jenny. Say hello, everybody. Hi, hey, Justin. Awesome, thank you. And today we're going to be talking about Westworld Season 3, Episode 7, Past Pawn. Now you can find out more about the DVR Network at dvrpodcast.com. And please do take a moment to write a review and subscribe. It really does help us and you could become a Patreon by going to patreon.com slash dvr. Let's get into the show. So I, again, want to just start this off very simple, people. Keep it very, very base level. How'd you feel overall? We'll go to you first, Brett. I actually love the episode. Um, it uh, different from, from the episode before. It, it, it wasn't a whole lot, not as much exposition, I would say, but we we did get a whole new world, literally, in uh, Solomon, which I think opens up a bunch of interesting possibilities. Um, just, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. How about you, Jenny? Uh, I actually loved it um, on my first watch and on my second watch. So I was the reverse of Axel. He talked about it on his, on the podcast with Ken on uh, Monday. Or, but he had been chatting with some of us via text all day. And he, has, he was not impressed on Sunday at all. He was... Um, he didn't hate it or anything and he wasn't totally down on it, but he was like, this was, I didn't like it. And we were all like, Oh really? We, cause like the whole group of us, we were all like, we really liked it. And so when he had his rewatch, he turned around quite a bit, but me, um, when I had my rewatch, I found more, um, flaws in it than I had on my initial watch, but I still really, really enjoyed it and thought it was a, a solid episode. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, I also talked to him. I have this message right here. What group am I not part of, uh, Axel? Um, I'm glad I'm good enough to be a host, but not good enough to be uh, a part of your life. 
<laughs> um, so we will talk about that later. So I said Monday, two thirty nine a.m. Because you know this is after the before the dust. This is after the dust settles. Um, I said, "How'd you like the episode?" He said, "I must admit, I have mixed feelings." I said, "As do I." Um, and then I went into a series of you know um, issues I had with it. Um, and then he did message me before this and let me know that they did go over some of those. Um, on Monday, and I didn't get to listen to it. So he says that he's the sentiment seems to be what you're saying. Of course, I don't really know because I'm not a part of this exclusive group. But um, yeah, no, I, I got all my. I was happy with the episode. I do have some issues. There is a lot of this, uh, you know, this foresight. This uh, a lot of characters are foreseeing things that are going to happen that seem to pose these illogical decisions as being logical and we'll, we'll dive deep into that meaning um you know bernard uh, specifically with the keeping the miv alive after he says if you're going to kill me now is the time and he's like we might need him and they're like no you don't you know and then he and then immediately tries to do it. there's a lot of stuff that is um is leaning towards this whole Everybody knew everything chess master uh, story, which was done really well in season one with Dr. Ford. And I really don't think that you can replicate that and have it turn out to be um, nearly as good. I think it will, will cheapen it. So uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. So uh, talking about Bernard. Ba- I got I to gotta say, I got to say one more thing. Bernard is clearly like Jon Snow and he knows nothing. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I mean, he knows stuff, but like, he's just like giving us exposition every time he's on screen. But like, as far as any plan, he knows zero things. And um, I, I had a problem with the fact that the story, uh, Caleb's backstory, um, the way that they piecemealed it out through the episode, I felt like they could have done in a better fashion on my rewatch Ooh, we'll talk about that yeah he is not only like john snow but he's also like Tyrion because he used to be really smart and now he's really <laughs> stupid when it's convenient and yeah it's just not making a whole lot of sense like his logic he's been you know like i said like a, a cracker jack box detective since uh the beginning here and it's you know he is more so like the in the pitch meeting and they're asking why something happens and he's like because we need the story to happen like that's that's pretty much what he said he gives you all the little details he like is the person for exposition this whole season and that's like all he does i wouldn't even call it exposition though i would say it is it is more of he fills us in on the stuff that we don't necessarily know i mean it could be the the thing that people were talking about this season has been dumbed down because people complained that they didn't understand it before and I could see that point with Bernard, like telling us the the stuff that we could even Maeve did that in um, the first episode that she was really in, not the stinger scene. I don't was that episode two? I don't remember. The anyway. winter line, I think it was. Uh, yeah, um, she even did that. I mean, they've like had these moments where they're just like basically putting everything out there to make sure that people understand. And that's been Bernard's whole thing this whole season. Yeah, I was just saying what it seems like he's saying more so because it's never a lot of detail. It's it's just right. that, hey, this seems stupid, but it's not going to be later. So don't worry, guys. Like that that's what it <laughs> he said that on several occasions, not in those exact words. But uh, yeah, I've had a little bit of an issue with that. because I'm like, yeah, it, it seems like the foreseeable future that like the immediate events, the in the moment logic is not there so it leads we'll we'll get to the whole dr strange situation <laughs> on it but overall i thought for a penultimate episode it did what it needed to do mm-hmm. um and 
I'm not going to say I loved every part of it because there is still a lot left on the table for, for Caleb, and I do agree with you about how they uh, plotted it out. So, uh, But let's start with a little bit of fan service. Um, Clemmy's back. She is back. Um, how how are hosts coming back? Uh, I know Ciroc can bring them back, but it does seem to minimalize uh, the pearl. You know, I know that Dolores doesn't have them and she needs them, but I feel like they're kind of taking away the stakes behind that. Uh, but I do like that Clementine is back. Um, and Clementine is back with her hero. Hanario. Hanario. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, Shogun World's Armistice. So they meet with Musashi, who is speaking with somebody at a bar, having an alcoholic beverage. Do you want to take it from there, Brett? Because they are, they are plotting and ploying and... And, and making up all sorts of secret plans. Yeah, well, he has this weird suitcase thing that he hands to a gentleman and says, um, well, first, I think they asked, have we located him? And I wasn't sure if they were referring to Sirach or maybe this friend that they need to deliver this mystery package to. But basically, he takes it and he says um, to uh, deliver it. And if you can't make it, don't worry about coming back because there's chaos in the streets or something to that effect. So it makes you wonder what's in the box and where's it going? Yeah. Does, because that kind of implies that if the box is delivered successfully, that chaos will not be, will cease to be in the streets, right? Possibly. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. It could have that in there. Yeah, hey, there we go. There I am with, hey, it could be. Um, but no, you know, that is an interesting little piece of dialogue right there. Don't buy, It's like, don't bother, come back. Not because, you know, you failed at your, you know, job, but because of the chaos in the streets. So is this some type of hint that they, obviously there is this, you know, master plan um, that we are yet to be um, let in on as Westworld does. But um, Masashi is a bit player on screen, but seems to have an important job in the overall um, story arc. So it'll be interesting to see how they tie that together. Uh, any thoughts on that, Jenny? Um, well, I I thought it was interesting when um, when they brought, or when he got the call from Charlotte and, and even seeing uh, where like you couldn't really see Charlotte um, other than just like her face and all the shadows. And it was like, well, she clearly had some kind of healing done because she was not looking as rough as she was at the end of the last episode. But one of the things that I questioned in that scene was um, she said when she was talking to him that she would have paid him a visit herself, but she's a little busy. So she had leaked his location to someone who's eager to catch up with him, which then turned out to be Clementine and then Hanario. But um, so I questioned that because I'm like, so did she just provide that information to Clementine or are they in cahoots together and all working for Maeve? I don't know. He's a bit player, but he is um, one of the Dolores clones or the Dolori, as you and so many other others call them. No, people so keep his- saying Dolores is prime and all that. They they're they're they're, they're really going against my Dolori. I think is far superior. This is I my actually, yeah. You're not the only one that calls it Dolori. The the um, the Vanity Fair, the lady that does the Vanity Fair podcast on it. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, the Vanity Fair podcast. Yeah, she, jo- Joanne. 
she's she's a Game of Thrones person too. Anyway, you had that me lady, at Vanity Fair. You she calls she calls them Delora too. So you're not the only one. Well, yeah, I just want to make sure that they're not just you know coming at me and trying to discredit. So yeah, look at that validated finally. Yeah, um, but like when when they got the Musashi Loris is pearl ooh, ooh, I, like that. I like that i don't know if i can say it myself but i like it <laughs> like char loris musashi loris martin loris <laughs> martin lawrence martin lawrence <laughs> yeah sort of so what i another thing I, I since i was wondering if clementine and hanario are working with charlotte if she if so she's captured a second version of dolores plus she had the control unit of the third dolores martin so if she has three delori on her side because herself <laughs> plus at least clementine and honario what is she planning why why does the musashi bot think there's a he master because he says you know mm -hmm. something about your master and him and whatever um does that uh, Musashi bot believe that Sorak is controlling the Charlotte bot and the other hosts he created for Maeve. I, I'm just like, I don't know what to think about all of that, but I really liked this scene. This was when I was like, holy fucking shit. And I posted that on the, on the oh, Westworld Theory cast page. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, how well said. <laughs> I was thinking that he was referring to Sorak because Sorak is the one that brought. Well, I assume that yes, that the he was Sorak, yeah. Right. And I'm sure Musashi knows that. So, Wait, I'm so happy that you guys are bringing that up because I made a big deal about that on the after show because that really stuck out to me as well. I'm like, is he a misogy misogynistic piece of shit that just thinks only men can be in charge? Because I'm not with that people. Um, you know what I mean? Or is I'm he, assuming yeah. that he thinks that Sarah yeah. is controlling Clementine and Hanario. And but mm -hmm. I, I would think that when Maeve or Maeve, uh, when Charlotte said to him that, you know, I've sent I, I leaked your location or whatever that especially with it being like a Dolores clone who Dolores is got some intelligence level so with it being a dolores clone why would it not have like made that logical leap to think that oh these two might be you know clearly charlotte was pissed off so they might all be siding on the you know together uh yeah best not look into that um yeah, yeah i agree brett did you have anything well, on that well i can't remember exactly what clementine said but I think it was pretty confrontational. So I think it was pretty obvious based on the tone that Hale used over the phone. And then the, like the first couple of lines with Clementine that, that he was not dealing with hosts that Dolores brought back. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess his line where he says you and me have had some practice selling yourselves, but I thought you'd be Ooh. more selective about a buyer would probably be referring to Sirach. Yeah. And so the question that comes down to uh, is, okay, they seemingly are working for Sirach, but does that mean that they're in league with Maeve as well? Because just because they seemingly have the same master at the moment doesn't mean that they're in cahoots. You know, Sirach could have this uh, compartmentalized a little bit. So that's something still to be. I'm leaning towards that there is a shared interest, but not like a direct connection, uh, you know, with them so far. But it's odd that they brought back Maeve's people though so it's like that's hard to well explain. that's who the bodies were already being printed for 
for Maeve or whatever. Yeah, so it's but they're serving hails. Yeah, so again, it could be yeah. Right, and I think that when Clementine, because Clementine's answer to him there was that they're not neither of them are for sale, and she said, "I'm here because of you and you alone, your actions, your plans." I would think that should have indicated to him that she was on Charlotte's side. Now, I'm not gear like this is where I'm going with it. That's what I think is going on. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, that makes sense. You know what I mean? But it's it also I do uh, one little side note before we move on to them cutting to the chase. Ha ha ha. Because, you know, they cut with the samurai sword. Um, it was I loved cool. when she broke her glass and then like took out those dudes. That <laughs> that's, good. that's actually the most realistic fighting I've seen. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. yeah that, that was good. That and that gunshot wound and uh, from Hale in the in, in the damn elevator. I still think that guy's dead for real. They're like, you guys want to do CG? They're like, no, just kill him. He's not even a featured extra. He's like, what? There you go. Well, you're good. Um, but no, um, there she she shows um, signs that she is, you know, still Clementine, right? Because she was zombie Clementine. I forget the exact uh, dialogue, but she does the finger thing. She does the, you know, she her actions are very much so from season one Clementine. So mm-hmm. this is the Clementine in which we used to know. Um, and she's back and I'm very excited for that. And I think that's cool because, you know, we had zombie, crazy zombie that, that was just, you know, moving the, the lobotomized. Plot. Yeah. That was <laughs> a plot fine. device right there. Yeah. Just dragging Bernard and Elsie everywhere. Uh, wait, where, how do we get there? We'll have uh Clementine drag. <laughs> Clementine drag. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Early lunch guys. Um, but, um, okay. So, uh, We'll get to Maeve and all that a little bit later. Let's talk about riding on a white horse, a black horse, up to um, what seemingly is um, pretty much Westworld in the in the real world, right? Um, what is the location of this? Sonora, Mexico. Sonora, Mexico. Mm-hmm. So they're going up to Insight's headquarters. And now my first observation and still my observation on this is, man, do I wish Caleb would have said, hey, what exactly is going on at some point? Because it keeps getting more and more personal and clear that Dolores is bringing him towards what he needs to see for himself about himself. So it's very personal. These are the people that, you know, uh, did what they did to you. He, she doesn't even say, like, harmed you. or it, it, He just keeps saying, okay. Like, there has to be at one point, in my opinion, of like, okay, you need to, like, pitch me on this. And then I'll see if I'll go along and then you'll prove it once we get there. But whatever, that's just that that's my foible. Um, that, that, that's what I'm sticking with. But what we did see as well is he asked her what type of revolution is she having, you know, mm-hmm. which was interesting. So, like, again, there's a little bit of an issue there because he's willing to be very, um, you know, insightful and, uh, you know, like really ask some deep diving philosophical questions about revolution and the, you know, the ethical, uh, you know, <laughs> a fashion in which she's going or non, you know, lack of ethics in which she's going about this revolution. So it's like, that's like a deep insight right there, but he doesn't ask anything about himself. Um, but I thought it was obviously relevant because of what we see him uh, do during the Russian Civil War and so forth, but uh, I'll, I'll pass it off to you guys on that. that. I thought it was cool. It was a nice kickback. I believe um, Caleb's on the black horse, right? It, well, it's a dark brown horse, I think, but yeah. I'm colorblind. Thanks for bringing it up on air. Thank you so much. <laughs> Dolores was on a whitish horse, and Caleb's horse looked to be dark brown to me, but it may have been 
considered black. I don't know how that goes with horses. They're definitely trying to convey, yeah, the, right. the yeah, the whole, yeah. you know, living there's a choice. light horse and a dark horse. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, somebody's getting fired if they watch this. Uh, like, you told me it was a black horse, so. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I'll go to you first on this one, Brett. Thoughts about the approach to the Insight facility? Well, Dolores said this is uh, where they designed Westworld from or something like that. Now, did, was she saying that literally? Because if she was, it's interesting that 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 almost implies there's a relationship between Ciroc and Ford. Yeah. If Ciroc oh. a piece of property, a piece of land to to build his secret facility on, and it happens to be the same plot of land that uh, Ford used to design Westworld, but that's probably nothing. I just thought a, that was a desert does lend itself to secret bases. I I, I, I yeah. yeah, I assume that that's what she was talking about. It's just the desert terrain there. I want to get your take on this when, when you, cause you just brought this to mind for me. She says, you know, she seemingly wants to have a West world back, but not in the way it was, but like the, even from the terrain, the aesthetic. And that's very interesting to me because we would think, why would you want to go back to such a horrible, you know, place that all these terrible things happen to you. But it also brings up like, that's still home for her. That's what she knows, mm -hmm. you know? So like I found that to and she did show a uh, large degree of emotion like tears in her eyes when she was talking about like what she was doing. And I, and I really felt like uh, a lot of, uh, you know, compassion and empathy for her in this moment, even though I'm still like, you are literally like walking a dog on its leash, you know, with Caleb, but I thought it was very well done and I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I, yeah. Go ahead, Brett. Uh, no, that, that was it. That was, I didn't really have much to add there. Well, I was hoping you were going to tell the whole damn show to me and I would understand it all. So, <laughs> all right. Brett failed me. No, I'm joking. Uh, no, uh, Jenny, uh, any thoughts about uh, their approach to this? Not just, you know, their actual approach, but how they, you know, Caleb stands by and watches her kill all of these guards and takes part in it. He cites them for her, right? Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, she talked about how beautiful it was. And I think that she definitely was uh, reminiscing, um, brings to mind that whole, have you ever seen a world so full of splendor line that she said so many times mm -hmm. last season? Uh, she didn't say that. But when she was talking about how, you know, I lived in hell, but there was beauty in it and things like that. But I mean, he does seem to be... Um, going along. I mean, he did ask some questions. He didn't, neither of them went very deep. I mean, she just kind of said what she said. I, I did what I had to do to survive. Um, she never really answered his question about what type of revolution um, she wanted to have other than to say, I want a place for my kind and for all of us to be free. That that's like politispeak, you know. What type of answer from somebody that is a revolutionary <laughs> leader? Uh, and we'll get to maybe Caleb how he's being prompted. Like, what type of answer do you expect? Even if you asked Adolf Hitler what type of revolution, he would say a righteous one. You know what I mean? Nobody's gonna be right. like an evil one and twist their muscle. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so yeah, 
it was an interesting notion. It just made me think about, you know, like, because everybody's one man's revolution is another's genocide and, and so forth uh, and stuff like that. She did answer him straightforwardly uh, when he asked how many more people were going to die. She told him that she did not know. Um, but then when she said, my kind is all but extinct, thanks to Ciroc, um, I was like, well, you played a part in that, too, Morris. But um, but then she says, but people still have a chance. They'll need someone to lead them. Meaning, you know, she wants Caleb to be the leader. Yeah, so much is Caleb centric, and Caleb seems to be like, okay, like this all applies to him. Mm -hmm. Like he is being led. It's like, there. well, I'm just a construction worker. But then she's like, well, I was just a simple rancher's daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think she did choose Caleb for this mission, and that's probably part of the reason why is that his. His personality kind of lends to being told what to do. Aaron so, Paul um, is the perfect follower in all stories. He plays uh, it so well. Mr. White, what do you want me to do? Dolores, what do you want me to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, it, he was the one in 10 outlier that made it through the reconditioning. He was. Mm -hmm. He was. So, yeah, this, again, leads to this chess master uh, story structure, which is very rarely done well in my opinion season one is a good example of it done perfectly so i'm hoping it's going to play out so we see them infiltrate the facility evidently they're both professed for just for like you know um i guess you know guns that, that like what nine millimeters i don't know they they she brought a gun that could get through them so they all did have vests on so they tried their best uh so this is an older facility um and this is a facility that has the solomon build which is a little perplexing to me because why why why'd you keep that around? Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I'm I'm going with the whole it is the embodiment of his brother. Not it's actually his brother who I cannot pronounce the name of at the moment. Jean Me. Is it Jean Me? I thought it was Asian. Jean oh, Me. Okay. Jean like J E A N the French pronunciation pronunciation and then me M I. I was Jean Me. Jean Me. I was thinking yes. of Sirach's first name. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, Angerand. <laughs> Angerand, I think it is. Yeah, see, that was, yeah. Okay, so, I just call him Sirach because it's way easier than Angerand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it also it's a great name for a vodka. But um yeah, <laughs> but John Me is like the embodiment of I've had a lot of people in the after show they ask they like, Do you think that that's I get it? It's it it is the it's metaphorically in my opinion that but it's like I don't know did they cut him up and spray him all over the machine is it him living I you know it's like uh, it, it is what it is special, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, special lockbox yeah go ahead Brad I, I think well one theory for why they kept well first of all I think it's hard to destroy one of your creations especially one that's so complex so that would have been a difficult thing to destroy it. But also, I think its job is to look over these outliers that we learn that are in these little frozen pods. Cold storage. That, yeah. yeah. And I, I think they also, it still like gets the information that's like being fed into Rehoboam, but it isn't, mm -hmm. it, it isn't uh, allowed to take action on it because yes. he knew what was going on. It was demoted. Um, yeah. but it did have to catch up. Solomon, I believe, did have to like take a moment to do some quantum computing uh, and catch up uh, and uh, adjust his parameters or something like that. Um, I, I get it. It's the embracement of a uh, uh, you know something that you helped create. It's hard to destroy it, even if it is a like you know it's an insane. AI as yeah. uh, <laughs> it, 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 well, and that's interesting that it does share a lot of the um, you know 
characteristics of his brother and that's an interesting thought because of its maker yes the the machine is psychologically Mm -hmm. you know suffering from the same psychological uh you know afflictions in which the creator had so like there is credence to is it his brother but it's like is our creation the embodiment of us especially when you're making a uh, self-learning machine but we get in there and we see a hologram of um of Serac. And this is going to bring up so many people saying that he's been dead. And I, I'll say that this gives you a reason that's not complete nonsense to say that. But I believe that message was meant for John, um, you know, and that it, it, it's not at all proving that this guy is dead. It's just this is like something that is supposed to greet you. You know what I mean? And, and it was just. Well, it was to greet. It was to greet John if he made it out. out. Like yes. if he. Yeah. 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 Or when he makes it out. Right. Yeah, don't be so pessimistic. Damn, Nihilus. <laughs> yeah, look at us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be doing that. Um, yeah, he's not making it out. Um, so, so one of the things that um, that Angerand <laughs> said um, to, uh, well, Caleb, to, to Jean-Mi, um, was he said their experiment worked uh, – Rehoboam saw in you and others like you, the outliers, a fatal flaw that would have bent the world on its axis. It needed time and the right set of genetic information to restore you. And my question there is, is Caleb the right set of genetic information? Yeah. And when did Caleb become, because uh, let's kick it back a moment because we do have the, the, at least the effort by Dolores to be like, yo brother, we just the same. And he's like, he clapped back with like, you ain't nothing like me. <laughs> like, you, it, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, no, you're not. He, yeah. Solomon. You're was, a Delo- Delos. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, you simple. Yeah. Yeah. You basic. Um, but um, I like, I like that he calls her by her thing. It's like block six, yeah. one alpha. I forget. He, objectifi- it was funny. he, he objectifies. Block her. six, alpha one or something like that. Yeah. We all think that, oh, like the, like racism and like, you know, like sexism and any type of objectification or like the creation of others is still present within these machines. They still hate. Um, yeah. They still have that fatal flaw that we as humans have uh, because uh, he's like, I'm not like you. Um, so she's like, fine, fair enough. Um, but there is that interesting question of, is she mimicking human behavior? You know what I mean? Um, which if you want to read that book behind me, they go into great detail about, but it, it is a, a, a failed, you know, connection at least at a, at a base level between them. But then finally, Caleb, not even really asking too many questions, but gets uh, finally read in to what he's been a part of the whole season. Right, like right into his past to find out who she, who he is, and we we get this information like you were talking about that Solomon is providing and saying he's the right mix and he's the right genetic mix. He he made it out of the system. It's a very low percentile that does. My question to you guys is: When did Caleb become an outlier? Specifically, go ahead, Brett. It's kind of a hard question because I don't know the answer. I'm, I'm saying- well, I think he was an outlier from the get-go. I think that's why mm-hmm. he was sent to war. And that's when, after he came back from war, is when they started uh, reconditioning him. Yeah, I don't think he became one. I think he was born one or has always been one. Mm-hmm. See, I, yeah, I kind of I, I got to disagree with that because it seems like he went to war and then they had him work for them. And then once he um, started asking questions... 
then he became an outlier and they gave him the re-education. Well, so they he... told, they said before, uh, Ciroc said in one of the previous episodes that um, the, what they did with the outliers was they did things like send them to war to basically kill them. Yeah. So that they're like being useful for a time and then they die and it's no big deal because they would have caused problems in the end anyway. And so when he didn't die in the war, but he was just injured when they brought him back, I think they put him in that AR whatever. Augmented reality. Yeah, no, yes. that's a val valid point. So I guess the, the, the thesis would be that they wait for them to just be not useful for them whether right to if see if yeah. to see if they survive yeah and then they're like ah <laughs> oh, fuck all right we'll take care of this um so yeah okay so th that i think that's a fair point uh right there that you know because there is that question of are people born a certain way and are you know are you a, a nature versus uh nurture type of deal that i think well, is a dialogue here go ahead jenny uh so why are you um, asking this question is Caleb the right set of genetic information? Do I'm wondering if it's the right. I don't have a theory like you have theories, but <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder if he was the right set of genetic information that um, that Jean Me needs to be able to break free and come out of Solomon. It, and okay. that's why I pushed on the when did he become an outlier? Because that brings up to me, you know, like that you're born a certain way you know, with this genetic, because they speak highly to like his, his biological self, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not just his uh, psychological. So like that, that's the question that brought up for me. Um, mm -hmm. Go ahead, uh, uh, Brett. I mean, so do you believe that he might be a Ciroc's brother, like Caleb? No, I don't think he's Ciroc's okay. brother. I was wondering if maybe what whatever is in his genetic code is what Jean Me needs to be able to, because I think that I think that he was the body that was in the the cold storage case that was standing upright Pod in the front people. there. Um, yeah, because like all the other ones were like laying. Uh, flat they were laying flat and you could see them under that that walkway they were on but there was the one right there and yeah. i think that was jean me well i was just say I, my interpretation was that he was talking about the west world guest data when he's talking about and that may that very well maybe i just to restore you so i'm just thinking try that to he throw needs... something weird in there sure it's west world because <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> oh that's totally i think it's also a viable theory that he may still be Ciroc's brother and that was he was you know, put into a new body. Well, I but, say to um, you, sir, on that, that I say that if it's the right genetic uh, information, that it would argue more so that he is definitely not, because if that is the case, because then they're going to merge them. It, it would be the plan, right? So if it was his brother, then that wouldn't make sense because he has something his brother wouldn't have. I'm not saying I believe that theory. So I'm just going to throw that. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it either. I just I th thought it was interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I I believe he's referring to, I think his, I think Sirach's plan is to get the, this guest data from Westworld, which is, you know, the uh, human code on, you know, music sheets is how they were shown to us. Basically yeah. a person's player you know, piano sheets. <laughs> yeah. A person's genetic code. And if he uploads that into the system that is controlling the outliers, then perhaps he can fix the out, you know, re, re, um, what's the word? <laughs> Restore the outliers or control that them and make sense. them a, a predictable 
uh, members of society. Does that, that make makes it, a lot of sense? Yeah, that's like kind of a righteous cause if you forget that like he put him in a bunch of like isolation pod chambers. Right. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, he wants to help them, but it's like, but they did they ne- he decided they needed the help, so it's like okay, because for a minute there, I was like, oh man, that's really righteous, and I was like, oh no, 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 it's not. Um, but the guest data from Westworld was definitely outlier type information because those people had those um uh violent uh delights uh they have those violent (laughs) uh, urges and things like that and so being able to uh get the data on all those people and put it into the um whatever you call that into the uh into, the server yeah whatever the server, the set parameters. <laughs> it, he, so that yeah it could look at more um yeah that, that I, would I, help i am i'm gonna fight hard on this one uh we had on jason shankle and he was uh, one of the creators of the sims he was on the after show uh from the Nightercast. shout out uh great guy um and we were talking about this because i questioned before this and i was happy to get a little bit of confirmation from somebody that's actually dealt with you know simulating things uh that data i know as a plot device for the show is something serac needs but by no means would you know what an outlier is by having rich people who are it's prefaced with you can do whatever you want that information falls now within the story like within the context of the story like i agree that's what he says he needs that's what he needs that's fine but by no logical means by no and there's no substance to that whatsoever because like that is not an outlier that is really more so the normal people do they're just able to act out you know these things what they believe without you know do you think that normal people even if you know even normal rich people or whatever are naturally going to just go be violent if they didn't have those violent tendencies within themselves because I can't imagine myself if I were rich or wealthy or whatever, wanting to like, I might want to go in there and have sex with a bunch of like, that would be cool. But like, I wouldn't want to go in there and kill people because that's not who I am. So I think that it still might give them some outlier data. It just wouldn't give you um, a true um, representative. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Combination data uh that you would get from all the the population it and because i've had this to uh like in this debate to an extreme i find it just egregious and you lose your humanity once you start doing those things within the park by treating things without ethical treatment without any sense of humanity you lose your own uh but you we do have to look at it's it's prefaced uh and it's normalized you know what i mean so my argument is they're doing something that is condoned within society if he's trying to look for outlier i don't think it's ethical by any means but since it's condoned and it's normalized and it's almost they look at it like it's playing a video game when it is not it is not i am so i i i I, I, that i'm the voice of that i i I fight it every single time i'm just arguing that you will get that data from people that act as outliers within society they're going with what society told them was okay to do in the park so it would not identify outliers but they're also (laughs) also looking at they're looking at their brain so i think they can probably they're looking at their activity but they're also looking at what what's going on in their brain when they're doing an activity so in theory, they could differentiate between people that are just having a little fun and people that are like really effed up. 
(laughs) So I'm just rolling with that assumption that the data is so detailed in Westworld that they can actually figure out the the difference between the people that are killing people just because, hey, it's a it's a, you know, theme park. And then the people that really love and need to kill people, you know, so. No, absolutely. Like, uh, because, you know, it, and again, it, it is pitched to us in the story. And there's no doubt that Westworld seems to have, they've even spoken to this effect that they have the technology. It seems like there's, it's like there's iPhones and then there's just like the old Nokia phone in this world. It seems nobody else has like the, which is like really unrealistic for technology. There's usually like at least a Windows phone or something, you know, like it, there's, there's Delos and then there's, I don't know, like there's probably some hack park in Florida that's like got a bunch of like, uh, uh, what was his name? Bill. Um, you know, woman in the white shoes, Bill, uh, walking around like, you know, like, like some Chuck E. Cheese, uh, animatronics. So yeah, I, I, I agree that it's a deeper look and a better brain scan. It's just, you know, it's hard to, to say who the outliers in society are. If you, if you are observing them within a societal norm, uh, even if it is, uh, vindictive and awful and, and just atrocious acts. But I think that's a cool conversation to have and a cool thought to have and, and so forth. But for all intensive purposes, the context of the story, yeah, you guys are right. That is the information they need. It's been explicitly stated. And I think the outliers could be the, just the definition could be like unpredictable people. I don't know if it's necessarily criminals. It could just be people that Rehoboam for whatever reason can't really predict what they're going to do. Yeah, which is again, man, because the, the pedophile is still walking around. What is his plan? Like, what is like? Because it's like to predict what's happening and then watch the world burn and then just sit back with a fiddle. Nero didn't do that, by the way. Um, but uh, you know, and watch it burn is one thing. But it's like he had this traumatic event that changed him drastically from from Paris. So it's like, is he just? What is his end game here? Like, I don't get it. Is it just to be like, oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. 9-11 happens. Like, knew it was going to happen. Holocaust happens. Oh, I knew that was going to Is it, could you do something? Could you do something about it? Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's like, he's probably drunk on power. And it's like, it, the world is whatever he wants it to be at, the, at any given time. He can justify killing people. You know, he can justify almost anything. So I think it's Ciroc really is like the all powerful villain here. If you're selling online, you need ReadyCloud CRM. ReadyCloud CRM keeps you and your team connected through a powerful e-commerce suite for shipping, online returns, and growth marketing. Go to readycloud.com slash pod to start your free trial. ReadyCloud CRM syncs with all popular sales channels, including Shopify, BigCommerce, Magento, WooCommerce, Square, and Amazon. ReadyCloud CRM has the everyday tools you need to review all your orders, quickly ship your orders for less, and handle returns the way Amazon does. Start out today and get 100 free action alerts by registering at readycloud.com slash pod. That's readycloud.com slash pod. The Solomon um, tries to... uh... Well, I don't know that he's really necessarily, I'm humanizing him or what's the word? Anthropomorphic, whatever. He says that the people in the cryo tanks or whatever they are, the pods, says that they're better off that way. At least they're not dead. And uh, Caleb says that it's worse because they're not allowed to live or to die. And he, Solomon goes on and he's, you know, 
oh, this is such an awesome program um, that <laughs> until until the until that program, all the projections had the world caving in on itself. And by removing the outliers, they weren't able to reproduce, which I beg to differ on that point, because I don't know. They said that he and his friend, Francis, were both basically outliers that they sent to war um, and when Francis came back, he was allowed to reproduce. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that's, yeah, you, yeah. You pointed out something that I that I'm going to bring to my theory later, Jenny. Oh, yay! So I think that's a I think that's a clue. Yeah, because he was he had a, a son that was sick because Caleb asked about his boy or whatever, and he says, "Little man, da 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 da." Mm -hmm. So yeah. Wow. Oh, now, now I'm now my mind is going. So, um, no. Okay. So we'll hold off on that little piece of candy. Um, but no, that that is interesting. And again, I was looking for differences in in phil philosophical approaches and methodologies between Solomon and Rehoboam. So, point. I was like, so what the hell is the difference? And then I was like, oh, this one's just an unreliable predictor. Like it's more off emotion. Rehob uh, Solomon, you know, they, they embodied too much of uh, John's John me. Uh, uh, personality, I guess. But uh, Caleb does get a flashback. Let's get to Russia. Finally, everybody wants to be there. Um, you know, and we see him in 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 warfare. We see him, uh, you know, dropping those. Uh, what is the correct uh, vernacular for them? Limbic pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah, the hosts. Uh, so dropping those limbics during uh, combat, which is, you know, again, all this Huxley, Soma, all these, you know, keeping your soldiers not asking questions is probably about the best thing you can do. Um, this is explicitly stated through some dialogue. We'll get to in a minute with they said we can't talk to him. Um, it makes sense. You don't want to talk to the person that you're going to kill. Mr. Rogers will tell you if you knew everybody's story, you couldn't hate a person in this world. Well, I could still hate that pedophile they keep around. Um, uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, so we see some interesting interaction. We see them, uh, you know, using technology that is able it's the same glass technology and it, it's able to like you know like see like their psyche their like, to a point I, that's what i, I thought got. it was cool that they all had like there were three different guys that had them and they all had different style of glasses and like every time we've seen them up to now they were the same frames and i was like huh they wow. do make them in different styles. Well, you got you got you, there's you got to represent you. You got to be yourself, and you got to you know, <laughs> yeah. You got to you got to moisturize your situation. But I I also liked that um, those glasses like it gave you like a readout and stuff, and like the way that they've like shown them to be the goggles and the glasses. It it they I mean they haven't shown us inside of them, but they make it seem like it's like replaying scenes or like altering the reality in front of your space, like it was with Jerry when Dolores met him in episode one. Um, but these were like they like gave them the information. It was like having their little computer right there. I thought that was I liked those. Yeah, and that was neat. And that's technology that exists to some extent, but uh, it right. just, it, it must imply some sort of a uh, uh, implant that is non-biological uh, to some extent. I, I'm not going to get all into the tech. It's Westworld. How do the guns work? What was uh, the deal <laughs> with the things on their back, like the handprint and the X? And like, I knew that had to mean something, but did you guys catch what that was meaning? Well, since the beginning of time, Jenny, primordial. <laughs> I don't get it. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe they were pre-marked at, at a previous time and they were just confirming that these were the guys that were marked. Because the ones 
with the hand were the ones they were trying to target. But the guy yeah. with the X was when Caleb realized that they themselves were being targeted. So I, I I didn't pick up. I, I, I picked up on the, the I took it as because you can during warfare, they can laze people. Uh, they scope him and laze him, you know, so then mm -hmm. the other people looking through their scopes, uh, you know, are able to, um, you know, solve America's mm -hmm. problems. Um, and uh, the Yeah, way. but the guy with the X, Caleb saw that and it freaked him out. And that's when he said he realized they were being targeted or whatever. And he made the guy take the jacket off through the jacket, had the guy run. But then the strike still came pretty stupid on their part to, to have that if he's aware of the, the markings. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not positive that the two guys that were marked before. I know the one had the hand. I can't remember yeah. for sure if the first one did. I know the second one did. But then the third guy we saw that had the, he had an X. And that was the guy that was meant that Caleb was being mm -hmm. targeted. Yeah. Um, what uh, I, I took note of is that, you know, they did act out of emotion after that, uh, you know, the insurgent yes. attack. So it seemed to me that they took white man or Whitman, um, you know, for uh, the first time for emotional reasons, you know, like, you know, he tried to kill. But which... that wasn't that couldn't have really been him. Right. Because it was in Russia. Yeah. And like, I think it was someone else. But he was transposing that memory of taking Mr. Pharmaceutical yes. Man Whitman um, into that memory from Russia. Yeah, they yes, it is because of his reeducation. I I should have prefaced it with yeah, no, that whoever it was, it was show, no you're no that's a thank you because people are gonna be in the comments saying wasn't him you know you're those are what you know those events happened but they didn't they made it seem that way i mean yeah it just shows that was what we saw it show it depicts what that re-education is capable of doing which is creating mm -hmm. false memories which is westworld yay more confusing um so but no it is interesting so yeah they take somebody in uh, that is played by the same actor, uh, but they're taking him in because, you know, it's like in rightfully, I mean, not rightfully so, but I, I can uh, sympathize with that. Somebody tries to kill me. I tend to get a little perturbed. Um, and, you know, but the whole time it, it's again, they said not to speak to him. And I think that that, again, is like Caleb's whole you know, not asking questions, not doing this, but he really wanted to ask questions before, you know, it's like, I want to talk to this guy, whoever it may be. Um, I, I didn't know if you guys had thoughts on that. It's interesting. And now he does not want to talk anymore. It's like burned, all. <laughs> burned into him that what happens when you, when you talk, people die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you might not like what you hear. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is usually the case, um, unfortunately. So. Right. And he, he, that's what uh, Whitman told him too. He's like, they're listening. That's why you weren't supposed to talk to me. So now your friend's getting a call to kill you. Because I think he has more to lose. And then, you know, if he doesn't take it, you're going to get a call. And he was like dead on the nose. And it was like, because, yeah, Rehoboam is listening. And you can't just do what you want to do. Everything is pre-programmed and pre-ordained. Isn't it weird that he still got the call? Like, if, if they are listening, don't you think they would have halted that call? Well, he got the call when... Um, when Francis, when he asked Francis how much, and Francis made some comment, and I like don't think enough. I made a note it, of exactly. It was like enough or something. It was not a good he, response. He acted, I think he acted like, um, well, first he acted like he didn't know what he was talking about. And that's when Caleb's watch beeped. Oh, okay. No, okay. Yeah. Oh, good. And then Francis was like, 
enough and started got ready to fire yeah. okay that makes perfect sense i'm watching they see uh oh this might not go down exactly now, let's go now because that actually does confirm it you know uh mm-hmm. it, it, as well so you know um that's that that's very interesting because at first you would think they wanted to kill the person so why you know you know confirm what he's saying but then once they see that hit not going down uh yeah and when when um when francis got the call it was funny because as i've mentioned before i watch with the captions on my second time through um caleb was talking to whitman and on the captions in parentheses, it says cash register noise or something like that, yeah. which was, I had not actually heard the noise, but it was um, Francis getting the call. And that mm. noise was made through the Rico app. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Earlier. It on. was Francis getting the call from Rico. I wish my phone did that. But my phone would always <laughs> just say, wah, 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 credit card debt. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, we see this. Uh, and then Francis says something on the lines of like enough. Like how much do they yeah. pay you? He's like mm-hmm. enough. I think. Well, please give me a number because that's gonna like really like <laughs> if you if you were to kill me, I like, need to know to... how much enough is to kill your best friend. I could give numbers for everybody I know. Honestly, I could. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I had to, like, I'm not saying I want to, but I can price it. Like, and I think it's fair. You know what I mean? Like, and it shows how much people mean. I think it's a nice sentiment. Um, but yeah, uh, Brett, any thoughts on this uh, altercation up to the point of you know the the final. Uh, revelation that Caleb does shoot Kid Cuddy Francis day and night. Um. Uh, I just thought I thought it was strange that y- you eliminate one of the two of them, but the other one is still alive to know the secrets. But I guess it's easier to keep one person quiet than two people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what's that's, that? That's reason enough. What's the adage? Uh, the only way to keep a secret uh, between three people is to kill the other two. Um, and then whoever survives, you stick them back in the re-education right. clinic, and yeah. Okay. Well, there that makes it. Now I understand. Thank you, sir. No, I'm I'm with it again. I'm back on board with Sirac, <laughs> though. Sorry about that. But it is right back to no the why I ha- like. I feel like they drugged this out a little too much. That is, that, and let's jump into that because they drug it out quite a bit. And did we learn how much did we learn, guys, about Caleb that we didn't pretty much already assume i'd say 20 percent so, more information was given to me about caleb right like we got confirmation that he killed francis which many people were speculating was the case anyway um but really other than showing us a little more background to that scene and how it came about and why he definitely had to be re-educated because you know the pharmaceutical guy had told him too much um yeah i mean caleb had already been there uh, at least that's what the pharmaceutical guy said you know he's like that that Mm -hmm. you know talking about the the limbics um you know i represent the pharmaceutical factory that manufactures that little piece of shit and bliss that your body just ingested paxil Um, what does it do we don't know (laughs) tell us please yeah yeah (laughs) just because i asked one too many questions so yeah i mean we didn't i don't think that we got a whole lot more information and the repetitive nature of it made it more confusing than it needed to be it parsed it out but i because i want to give this over to you brett because of what you said about leaving one person and how problematic that is a very direct example of that with the pharmaceutical rep right yeah um was he supposed he did he die too? 
The pharmaceutical rig? I don't think he was right Yeah, there. Caleb shot him. Yeah, Caleb shot him dead. He I shot assume. him after he shot him after he shot Francis. Okay. And he shot him twice in the chest, so the odds are that he did not survive that. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be able uh, to cure anything these days, but evidently not like you know, like everything else cancer all these things keep killing people what was that like, like well I, I mean it also would matter as to when you got medical care or i mean if, if somebody shoots you twice you. and just leaves you there you're gonna die because you're gonna bleed out if nothing else well i can pull myself up from the bootstraps which is technically impossible and i can get myself <laughs> to that hospital all right uh, no i'm joking uh go ahead brett sorry well the uh, emts certainly aren't gonna help you well the computers are working they will <laughs> I do agree with y'all in general that the they did drag it out. I think it was it was more of a storytelling uh alignment that they wanted uh Caleb himself to to realize at the end of the episode you know exactly what he did because they they needed that to align with um what was happening with Solomon and Dolores and everything. So I I, I do agree with y'all they could have perhaps done that a little better if they because they parse it out and that's like uh the structuring of it the plotting out of this if we think about because we were just kind of you know i think we're all on the same page with you know it wasn't that much information so if it's just given to him straightforward in one little like spiel by ray uh by solomon it would seem even less you know impactful because it's just you know fairly known in our foreshadowed information also like you said this needs to coincide with what's happening on the other threats you know with the man in black his situation which we're about to jump into with Maeve coming for Dolores so they need to parse it out for many different reasons if I had this story in front of me and they put me in charge of plotting it out for the episode I I would have been like can I have a rewrite uh but I if I couldn't get that then I, I would plot it the same way because think about all this information just in one in one dish you know what I mean I do think it's important that Caleb is not they they fucked with his memory so bad that he's trying to piece together his memories not not unlike Bernard was last season. So I think they wanted to draw a parallel well where he's he's this fighting and struggling has been a lot of parallel drawing. <laughs> and it's taking him a long time before he can finally put all the puzzle pieces together. And, he doesn't... and honestly, I didn't hate it or anything. I just felt like they could have made it a little more concise than what it was. Yeah, I didn't hate it either. I just worry for what we're going to um, have uh, conclude this particular season because they do. They have shown to be consistent in each season standing alone. Of course, it, it connects for the overarching themes and, and, and you know, uh, story points, but they're kind of, you know, self-contained in the sense of we should get an answer to what's happening with Rhea Boehm, Caleb, and all this by the end. They got a lot of work to do. Um, but also, to as far as can kind of be a parallel to with the bouncing off the center of the maze and glitching out, that it kind of has to be parsed out to him, you know, so he doesn't go insane. But it doesn't, I mean, they didn't mean like through in 15, 20 minutes. He's like, I can't tell him in two. I'll tell him in 20. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, it, it's one of, it's, it's plot convenience, but it, it makes sense at the same time. Um, also, uh, let's talk about uh, others, um, you know, having some information laid down for him. Uh, the man in black, William um, Bernard, and uh, the ever so very necessary character of this season, Stubbs, um, who is needed. <sighs> I can't stress that enough. Oh my God. Thank God he's there. Um, are, are talking to William. The first thing they tell him is that this says you're dead. 
I'm surprised that I haven't seen more people, you know, coming out with. He's I for haven't sure. heard anyone talking about that either. <laughs> I know I shouldn't even have brought it up uh, because I think it's been pretty I have it clear. in my notes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty clear that they because then they state that Rhea Bowen makes people seemingly disappear. And they, this is one of the methods. And Solomon did that, too. Yeah. So that's not even just Rehoboam. Doesn't matter, though, in this fandom. If you said anything, if there's a line of dialogue, they will build a fucking Coliseum out of it. Well, um, how fast does that system work? Because he was just put into the re-education clinic, and then, like, a few days later, he's already declared dead across all databases or something like that. You know. I'm assuming yeah. it's probably been at least a week or two. Yeah, right, it's but... Westworld. It could have been 10 years. They're wearing the same clothes, but fashion does work in a cyclic way. Um, but yeah, we, we see him have this revelation. That doesn't seem to phase him either. Like, I thought he was going to be like, oh, my God, because we do know he eventually does die and become a host. So I was like, this could be the reveal of that, and that'd be fine. Um, but it seems to be more of a cloaking system. We do have the information given to us that he is uh, sharing that same uh, ID number, that same identification number with Caleb. Uh, I'm going to give this to you first, Brett. Uh, wh what are you taking from that? And do we have any nice Brett candy coming for us? With it, do you just mean the U? The, or did they have the same number after the U? The U is a different identification. I, I can look right. it up right now. The, the number is is a direct connection to they are they are cloaking one of them and i'm pretty sure it's caleb because caleb doesn't show up on the cams when rea bohm's looking um and, and so hmm. forth interesting yeah I, I have some thoughts that could explain this away um basically i'm thinking that Delor the simple version is that dolores planted that information for for um stubs to find and it's it's not necessarily legitimately caleb's id number Mm-hmm. But um it it kind of ties into my bigger theory that I'm gonna get later. Okay. But I, I think I think that's just kind of uh not totally accurate ID number on Caleb's profile there. Got you. Uh do any of you guys think that and I, I don't wanna I haven't seen the theory yet, but I, I'm not of the mind that this means they are the same person. I'm of the mind of they are there is they are a juxt the same person. They are the there's a juxtaposition here with the man in black and his you know motivation at the end of this in in caleb it, it caleb's going to destroy man uh, man in black is going to destroy host so you know they both have the same objective right and the man in black also says he's going to save humankind or whatever yeah it's very grandiose uh delusional mm, yeah it's uh, very <laughs> well i looked at that as you know like uh, they tell you if you you know if ever uh had the pleasure of going to any type of uh alcoholic anonymous or uh, narcotic anonymous meeting you know and it's a very you know uh, applicable life lesson and advantageous one to control what you can control so he says he cannot change he killed his daughter which you know it's not a great way to start off all of your foibles like well i killed my daughter can't do anything about that usually it's like i lost my job or something um but yeah so but the one thing he can control he says is what he did in the park and and how he helped create them i have a, a, an inkling that he's going to come down to you know that he has to take responsibility it comes down to this deterministic view versus you know free will he decided to do those things in the park for whatever motivation it wasn't forced upon him and i think he will have a, a you know a crisis of conscience uh, halfway through this and not try to go through through it all because that's his redemption right there is realizing everything 
this is the one thing that's available for him to control. So he's going balls out on it. Like he's just going, he's like, I guess I'll kill them all. And there's luckily there's only like, I don't know what right now, like nine. Yeah. So if you've ever <laughs> right, got a chance like maybe to do two it, handfuls. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is like a time that you do it. Um, uh, in the other thing on the ID number is Stubbs seemingly, as I joke, just has a contract for the, to be in season three. So they, they're like, fuck, we'll put it in season three. We have to, but also there is a second mole. Um, this, this could be his working. He was doing shady stuff in the background. Um, like meaning he was looking over his shoulder and messing with the computer a lot, which subs, I don't know what he's doing on the computer unless he's looking for Minecraft or something, um, or something even more simpler. Uh, but yeah, it seems like there's a little bit of an implication that Stubbs could be working with Ciroc. I don't know. You, or what? you could be right. Because remember when we found him, he had tried to kill himself. So he was suicidal. So he could have, you know, regretted, you know, being a double agent like that. Ooh, how noble of him. The Bushido way. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he got into uh, insight, you know. Uh, or maybe those were the memories that were mm-hmm. programmed in him. And Sorak had it appear that he had tried to kill himself because he was the mole. And that would make sense with uh, uh, Stubbs saying, oh, let me look. Let me look. And, uh, you know, this is what I did back in the park. And so then he, as uh, has been brought up previously, I believe, suddenly, quickly just comes up with uh, Caleb's information, which, I mean, he didn't make it sound like, in my opinion, that that was like the first one that he came across. It was just like that was the one that he thought was the important one. But of course, if he were a Ciroc's mole, he would recognize that Caleb was part of the problem. I just don't see other than a big twist with Bernard, honestly, which makes no I'm not saying that makes sense. I'm just saying that like there's really only I, I only see one candidate at this point that's in the story to be the the second mole. You could say that the man in black, but the man in black, yeah, he did used to work with him. Um, but you know what I mean? Like he, 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 he sold him information. He wasn't in league with him. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think it, it's pretty much stubs. Like the, the only, there's a lot of characters in this season that literally seemingly have one thing that they're meant to do. And all of this is going to make sense once they do it. And that would explain something for Stubbs. Right I there. had thought that maybe it was one of the guys that worked for Charlotte previously, but the guy that I that had thought that it was, was the guy that, that his um, Ciroc guys came up and shot right outside the headquarters that day. So that was who I thought it might've been previously, but now that we're down to this, I mean, it, if it wasn't that guy, which I don't think it was necessarily anymore. The fact we're calling him uh, well, that I, guy. Well, I had his name. Nobody the... does so, but you you take extensive notes and you don't know his name, Jenny. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't remember his name now. Brompton, look. See, Brett remembered okay. because I said it before. High concept, And actually, Sorok did say Brompton's name, I believe, at one point, too. Or maybe Charlotte did, or maybe both of them yeah. did. But regardless, that was who I had thought it might be before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they would want to count on the audience remembering Brompton, right? You know what right. I mean? Because again, well, you guys, you guys are the, super so insightful. Okay, the interactions that he had with Charlotte, um, 
Yeah. When he brought her the the thing trying to help her to remember the the key with the you are my sunshine thing, he like brought that into her unprompted like I think you need to watch this. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of what made me think that he might be a mole because he mm-hmm. was like helping her to get to where Sorak needed her to be. Oh, and that's a valid point. And if that trend would have continued, you know, and, and if he right. wouldn't have been shot or killed or whatever. Yeah. But no, yeah, very, very, again, a very good example of very smart insight in catching on things. Uh, but it's like, you know, the, the high concept thing is they're going to be like, it's Frank from, uh, <laughs> from, uh, you know, uh, sanitary, uh, it's, yeah, from sanitation. They're like, Oh, Frank, we saw him. He was, he was one of the extras in the back. I'm like, Oh, all right, there he is. Um, but uh, go ahead, Brett. Who's Sorry. the guy with the big schlong in the cold room? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> of course you remember him. I do, too. I was like, damn it. I don't have a, yeah, I don't, I don't have schl- a strong theory, but um, it does make sense. It would have to be someone who had access to cold storage if, if they were responsible for taking Maeve's Pearl and perhaps others. So it makes sense that it would be Stubbs. What, but does it, is there any validity behind Bernard? I was saying it like kind of half joking, but you know, there could be a, so. I know, but there, I'm not posing it and I'm going to get killed in the comments for it, but uh, honestly, get, I, I don't, I don't see any way that it could be. I see Bernard as being cor- corrupted because of how Dolores built him, but I don't see there being like a double-sided corruption there. That would be a little, n- not any information that I've seen so far would indicate that. Yeah, it's just he doesn't agree with Dolores, um, you know, the way she's going about things. And I don't really understand. Like, I, Frank, I, but he knows he's working for her now. <laughs> he knows he's like doing yeah, her bidding. I know. It's just what Bernard's role is, again, seems like a referee for this whole thing. So it's like, you know, like he has not posed his own like solution to this other than i'm gonna like try to keep it under control he's just blowing a whistle throwing yellow flags up but yeah i mean i'm not saying it is i just i think that it's really it's got to be Stubbs, um or it's frank from sanitation or the guy <laughs> or the guy with the big schlong unrealistic expectations thanks westworld um all right well let's uh, uh move it from there um you know when you start talking about schlongs you've gone a little long um so uh yeah no hey hey let's not let the conversation get flaccid so what we're dealing with here is a lot of penis innuendo, uh, but what we're also dealing with is uh, this revelation that I'm going to kill all hosts. And he says this to two hosts. My move is never, hey, I'm going to kill. Oh, my kill. God. That was so fucking stupid. Yeah. And then Bernard and then Stubbs like, hey, no, the fuck you are. And Bernard's like, hold up. We might need him. I'm like, and then he says again, you need to kill me now because I'm going to kill you. He's like, hmm. No, no, it's like, dude, kill him. And then what happens? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I, I kill think you. <laughs> so far, all I can say, and that I know you don't like it, is that Del- he knows it's Dolores' plan to keep him alive. So he can't kill him. Oh, God. It's so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's this mass. Everybody seems to know and make these illogical choices and decisions that don't make a, a semblance of sense and then i hope it comes together in a way that's not contrived because i don't it, it, what does bernard know what does he know and what does dolores know that she i get dolores's whole and this is what we're going to jump into with mave coming during caleb's you know re-re-education or dis whatever you want to call it um he goes who's that who's your friend knocking on the door uh and she's like probably the one that's going to kill me 
He's like, have a fun karate fight. Um, but you know, like it again, this, like this foreseen future that leads them to these arbitrary, like weird, like, you know, decisions. Is it, is it possible that when Dolores created Bernard, she put part of herself in him just like she did with the other copies of herself? I think that so maybe, it's, oops, sorry. No, it's, maybe Bernard is actually part Dolores. I think that's that true, see. true on a, like, on a level for both of them because of the way in which they create out of their own memories that they are. I mean, I know it's a little like weak of an answer and, uh, but I, I mean, I, if you create somebody out of your own memories, like I, inherently, I think that they would be a part of them in that sense. And that's a lot of the reason she can't get rid of him. Well, not, no, this is a different reason probably because she knows she's going to die and needs to be brought back. But you know, overall, uh, well, he definitely serves a purpose, but in the meantime, yeah, some of this stuff is very, head scratching i get that though because what do we know that he can do that nobody else can rebuild dolores right so that's sensible that's not really all that illogical to me it's like that's kind of just like a safe thing in general even if you don't plan on dying like to keep around the one person that can bring you back that's a smart move well that i like that i like that theory a lot i was referring to the fact that i believe he has the encryption key in his head Ooh. and that is why he's unique but yeah. i do like your thought too I that he can rebuild that. dolores it can be mm -hmm. both too. I mean, because it yeah, is, it yeah, be yeah, yeah. He, we know we can bring him back, but it could be a bigger reason because that would kind of be like a rinse and repeat thing on my part if that was the only reason. Because we've seen this last season, right? The of him mm -hmm. bringing yeah. them bringing each other back, so it'd be like, oh, I kind of like that. So uh, we're gonna get to Brett's theory corner here in a minute. Um, yeah, I, I get giddy about it. They're good. They're good. Um, <laughs> so we are dealing with this reeducation. We're seeing that you know. Uh, Caleb is still when he sees his past, we do see him still uh, acting in some of the same ways as far as just being just, dis, you know, disassociated with everything, even before the reeducation, everything's the same, you know, everything a day and out and used to live in like a, a life of a hit man. So that's kind of like, I guess, I don't know, I guess that can even get boring. Um, but we, we see, I don't see a lot different about Caleb other than what he used to do opposed to what he does now. If that makes any sense. Like what was drastically different about him before the reeducation other than he didn't remember killing. Uh, nothing that we know of. He was just uh, a regular dude that was unpredictable, I guess, according to Rehoboam. Yeah. Right. We didn't see enough of his like behavior prior to when I mean, they it, decided he was too far gone to allow to continue in the regular world. So they needed to send him to the war. His mom had a mental illness and we, mm -hmm. I never heard about his dad. So maybe his dad was out of the picture. So he's getting cigarettes somewhere. <laughs> it could be that maybe the conditions he grew up in were not ideal. And that kind of drove him to uh, unpredictability. Um, he does have a lot of money because, uh, Francis says to him, you know, you know, the money that we're making, he doesn't care about it. And after the fact, of course, when he has none and he's struggling in the, in the beginning of this season, we see that, you know, I'm not saying that he becomes like m a money whore or a gold digger, but you know, he, he values the, the, the fiscal aspect of things a lot more, but I don't really know if that's, I mean, that's like the only contrast I see there, but that's kind of just makes sense. It's like, cause he didn't have money. So, uh, well, and he needed the money, uh, when he was not on, when he had turned his implant off and he wasn't, uh, living the, 
the hitman lifestyle anymore because he wanted to pay to keep his mother in that facility mm. and he needed the money. That's why he was doing the jobs from the Rico app still. Yeah. That, I'm just, that's what I was saying. It makes sense that he was like, right. More this construction worker money wasn't enough to, uh, to help him do what he needed to do for his mom. Yeah. You think if they don't want him like asking questions and he's successfully reeducated, they would have made sure to like, keep him content. Uh, so that's a big flaw. Right, but they knew he was going to commit suicide in what 10 to 12 years or whatever that was his projected path so they didn't want to invest anything in him to help him to get into a good career because who wants to invest in you if you're not going to be around in 10 years well, on a macro level i'd say throwing a little bit of money his way with all the money in this world I'm just not, saying yeah, yeah you know what i mean like throw the guy like about like you know like whatever the equivalent to 80k a year is now uh then you know what i mean like it's not too much of a like thing it's not like oh we just budgetary uh, restraints right now just can't allow us to do it i but yes within the story you're right i'm the one going out of context a lot here <laughs> there's a lot of questions it's like oh well, you couldn't you, didn't get, you couldn't give him a living wage they're like ah, we couldn't we couldn't <laughs> no. he went and destroyed all the ip they said it's worth billions or whatever millions of dollars trillion trillion, trillion or all uh, three quarters of a trillion, trillion was the yes yeah, better part of a trillion you can't get the guy like i can't even like the, the zeros on that like <laughs> i've never seen him other than my debt i've never seen him you know what i mean so yeah like it, it, that's like a plot it's like well we just can't justify that and it's like ah, you, you just threw away trillion dollars right there so whatever um everybody's got their reasons some of them are stupid um so we see him having his epiphany um which i i don't know why i was so surprised and we're gonna get into the karate fight here and then that he comes out of that with he's going to kill all humans I, I, I was I, I know that Dolores was propping him up for that and it was pretty much just like leading him just like Wyatt was led by Arnold, meaning Dolores, to go and do this original sin. This is a, a parallel with the story again of it seems like to have this agency, to have this free will, you have to have this original sin and you must, and it, you know, it's a neo-creationalism, I think, Um uh, don't quote me on it that you know like chaos is the only way in which you can have free will you can either have like you know uh, uh you know some sort of uh paradise or you can live in hell with decisions essentially so it seems to be the way they're going you know like he's coerced by by every meaning of that word right by every definition he is mm -hmm. coerced like crazy it's like saying hey your dad was killed by this guy with somebody alone like you know with them telling him like calmly and then saying hey there's that guy that killed your dad here's a gun you know, um, it's it's very much so like the, a, a similar situation. Um, but uh, I'll pass it to you guys. I mean, I get the motives there, but I mean, that was it didn't seem to me that that would be the clear conclusion to come to after this. I don't know if we know what his motive is yet. I don't think he's planning on killing the human race. I think it's it will be a consequence or at least that Dolores believes it will be a consequence of whatever he believes he's trying to do. What does he, what is the, di oh man, there is a specific line he says. I know it's not say kill all humans, but it implies stuff not good for humans. I know that. Um, You're talking about what Bernard said? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. What Bernard said. He said D Dolores has a, a poetic, uh, what was the word? Um, basically, she's not going to be the one to kill humanity. He is. There it is. Yeah. Something like that. So I guess, okay, so that 
that's rational then because I didn't get how he was going to walk away from that situation being like, Oh, I got to kill all humans. I'm like, why is that the, why, why would that be the solution there? Um, but yeah, he again sees this, whatever is going to happen and, and, and knows. So, um, it's clear that she was using him as a tool. Um, uh, any thoughts on that before we get into the awesome, I don't know any other weapon, but, uh, well, I guess a helicopter other than a sword, uh, fight with me, which I totally stand up for. And I think is awesome. Mini drone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, um, I just, the, on the Caleb thing, I, I don't know. I mean, Dolores told Solomon to uh, create this strategy, the final one, the one Jean Me asked you to make just before Sirach condemned him to this. And then um, when when Caleb gets it from him after that, he tells, uh, now, of course, this is after the karate fight or whatever you were calling it. Um, <laughs> he had told him that the strategy was complete, but when uh, Caleb had figured out that he had killed Francis and all of that stuff, he was literally raging and he started to walk away. But Solomon told him, if you deviate from this course, you'll not achieve the desired outcome. Uh, And that's when he, you know, he says her new strategy for revolution is ready. And then um, Caleb tells Solomon that he wants to know how to kill its creator uh, he says, our time is short. I'll not be able to instruct you on all the outcomes mm-hmm. of that variant. And then Caleb tells him to just tell him how it'll end. And then shortly after that, he says, your request, your request is complete. Take the drive. So I think that that is where it's going to wind up being the the uh, end of all humanity or whatever. The attempt at it. Oh, that is the wizard trope. They always say, I didn't teach you everything. I'm like, you had so much time. So much time. Please teach them right away. If you ever have a wizard come up to her, your Yoda or a, a, a blood raven, like when they say they got shit to teach you, say, we're going to sit down starting tomorrow morning. We're going to learn it all because your ass is going to dissipate at some point. And your last <laughs> word is always going to be like, but we didn't have enough time. You're not ready, but you must be ready now. I'm like, you bastard. You got drunk. But I need to for- see my dad in the tower. Yeah. It's like six months of you just passing out on the couch drunk, you freaking weirdo. Yeah. They never, yeah. They never have enough time. I question that. But no, um, I also like that when Dolores leaves, when uh, he says, if like you don't make it, I'll change like like the parameters or whatever yeah that's such a badass i love solid like whatever do what you gotta yeah she's like (laughs) i just wanted her to be like this like when she had her back turned like yeah fuck off it's pretty much like hey when you die i'll just fix it all it'll be fine you'll be good you know what i mean like it's it's just this whole thing like you know i think he's very much so um he has those human characteristics but like he's also an ice cold fucking sociopath uh clearly uh but, but it's a it's a machine so I guess it is what it is. Uh, not all machines are sociopaths, Alexa. So Solomon's agenda and what Solomon is um, informing Caleb about and his disregard for, for Dolores in general um, doesn't seem to be a fan whatsoever. Um, and we do see Maeve pop up um, wearing all black, uh, harnessing a sword. And she has like a, a uh, that it's like, a, is it a drone chopper? Or not? I think the the captions called it like a quadcopter or something like that. I was like, okay, it must have been a drone because it was firing weapons for her. Yeah, they both had artificial intelligence fighting. I think that there's definitely a because it was highly uh, 
you know, um, focused on during the Civil War, uh, not, you know, the the, the Russian Civil War scenes as well. I think that Joey and Nolan definitely are going to want to inject, even if it's just a little bit of meta commentary about, you know, the the usage of these artificial uh, machines and warfare and the disassociation and so forth. I mean, we won't get into, I think it was just a nod to it. But, uh, okay, so we start off, um, the fight, the fight ensues. And I'm going to say the those drones were not like zeroed in um, that well <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, I'll, I'll pass it to you, Brett. Uh, how'd you feel about this? Uh, what I'll say is like almost 80% bad, badass, like badass, great fight. Um, but 20% of it uh, was a little questionable for me. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I guess you could explain away the, the drones misfiring to the fact that there are also machines on the other side that are trying to avoid the bullets. So it's not necessarily a case of just locking in on a stupid human and, and shooting him. But all in all, I thought it was really awesome. I liked the, the each uh, Maeve and Dolores both had their little, you know, machine that was fighting for them. And yeah, the whole thing was choreographed very well. Yeah. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood bragged about her Taekwondo belt. Um, in in the uh, post uh, uh, episode uh, breakdown, so uh, which is pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, and and Maeve, uh, I think they they held their own. They used very few stunt doubles. Um, thoughts on uh, sword versus? Well, I guess no. Dolores had a knife, right? Um, yes, mm-hmm. Dolores had a knife. The first time that she went out from under the roof after she had um, noticed Maeve's AI. Um, the first time she went got thrown out from under that. <clears throat> cover that building that they were fighting under she was able to dodge the bullets but the second time Maeve threw her out there was after Maeve had caused Dolores to stab herself with her knife yeah <laughs> and she threw her out there and Dolores was distracted for a moment pulling the knife from her own gut and that's when she got her arm blown off yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah they're, they're like, arm shot completed um yeah um hardest limb probably to hit but they uh yeah it, it, it does make sense she was you know distracted for the minute she you know anytime when you get stabbed in the gut you got to take a moment to address it um but i thought it was you a, would think yeah but i okay the thing about like fight scenes is first off they're awesome second off you know to tell a story through a fight i think it's something hard to do and i think they told it here using the drones and i think they you know had this ideological philosophical battle um you know through physical uh contest and i thought that it was well done uh it's kind of you know a great example is the the um the viper verse uh the mountain you know uh oberon verse uh uh the mountain uh is, is is a great one you know they're telling a story during that and it's very hard to do it's not just action for action's sake i thought it was a lot of fun and this season has been a lot of fun and kept that depth to it uh yeah you know that plot armor is there though you know that's part of the problem when they want to show badass technology that should be like you know very very perfect and very very precise and then they're like but also we need these characters so let's not do it um take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor cufflinks.com they've been with us for over a year and we're so proud to have them So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed. 
happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. But we have their showdown, and uh, Dolores, uh, we definitely see the reason why she's sitting in on a, what seemingly is a janitor's room, um, you know, getting rebuilt for the final episode. Were you guys surprised that we'd got this far through the story without that happening? I predicted that would happen, like, very early in the season. Caleb's help for her, you know, rebuilding and, and oh. so forth. Uh well, not really. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a connection. She's vulnerable, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It, that's why. It's not that I was just like, I wanted to see the scene earlier. It's just, it's a vulnerability. So I saw that as an in for Caleb. You know, he, he worked with a robot. It might be an in. So now she's definitely, um, she's definitely not in control at this point, And she needs to bring back. And it looks like what they're bringing back is the old style of bodies. And it's important to note that they did give us a lot of exposition on this throughout the last two seasons those weren't worse they were actually better and harder to destroy and and far more efficient they added it to be more biological yeah they show that at the at the beginning it's in the intro they show that and i i actually i put that together when i was watching it sunday night i didn't think about it um as far as the the scene where we've seen Dolores with her head, but like the, the robotic body, Mm -hmm. because we've seen that in the past. Um, But I was like, why are they showing us that? And then I had, because I had uh, looked up that scene with Ford and his um, brother, or I'm sorry, the, the park Ford with his family in that cabin. And when he showed Bernard, uh, he had his, his little, I'm sorry, the young Robert, he told him to turn the other cheek and then his face popped open like it does in the intro. I was like, like predator. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I, I, was, I had tried to remember what that phrase was the other night and I couldn't remember it. And it just came into my head. He told him to turn the other cheek and then he like popped his face open. <laughs> yeah. That's a very disturbing. We could do a whole podcast. It, it, well, at least I could about how disturbing <laughs> that situation is that scenario with this family. Um, but yeah, what I, I already dived, uh, too deep into the philosophical, uh, ph- pseudo philosophical, uh, enough this episode, but, uh, what is important to note, and I had a big argument in one of the first streams I did, uh, with, uh, for Westworld this season is people kept saying, why is she, now she has to work off this old body. I go, guys, you get again, that body is more efficient. It, it's, it's a better build. They did it for money. They made them more biological for money. It was easier to make them. They used to be better. It is not an inferior build. It is a. It's just a more costly uh, build. You know what I mean. So that this detaches her a little bit more too from humans, um, not in a psychological sense, but in a biological sense for her physiology or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I think it's interesting. Um, Maeve walks around uh, out of this one uh, on top, seemingly. And um, now we have to wonder what's going to happen in the next episode. We'll do some short takes on it. Uh, but before we do that, I want to hear Brett's theories for this week. We only got one more episode, and I met you late in this game. Is all 
is all love happens. It happens too late. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I want to get myself some Brett theory. All right. Well, I got two main ones and then I'm just going to revisit a third. But starting out with Maeve, I have a theory that um, Ciroc actually merged himself onto Maeve's Pearl, exactly how Ford merged himself onto Bernard's Pearl last season. It seems that Ciroc, uh, based on that line that he said, that his hologram said, I wish I could be there with you, Jean, me, but the man I was no longer exists, kind of implies that he may just be data now in the system. Then I remember that scene at the beginning of episode six that showed Maeve and Ciroc in the virtual Eden. It was kind of an odd scene for me at the time, but thinking about it, I was basic, basically what you were seeing was the, they were in a simulation together, each as a conscious data set, one original host, one former human. This reminded me of last season, Bernard and Ford in the cradle very similarly, they were in a simulation together, two different conscious data sets, one original host, one former human. What happened there? Ford merges himself onto Bernard's Pearl. And the, at that point, at times, he could actually take over Bernard's behavior, like when he was machine gunning down the extraction team in the map room at the Mesa. Mm -hmm. So here, I believe the same thing happened. Sirach merged himself onto Maeve's Pearl and then to took over a body when she was fighting Dolores. I don't, yeah, I, I, because it is true that the James Delos project has not been complete, but the the only time that we have seen a, um, you know, a, a, a person exist in some form other than, um, you know, these failed uh, expositions or what expeditions with uh, James Delos is by them living in the non-material world so through simulations like the forge and by combining themselves onto a pre-existing pearl so i actually kind of really like this because we have not seen the physical form of serac and this would make sense because it's there's you know the preface this this can uh, happen and he is a ford-esque character I really like that actually. I actually don't have a problem with that conclusion, I, and, and I love the methodology. Like so, like it, I love all of it actually, because I, I think that adds to it. I think that because well, Rock's a fool right now. Like mm -hmm. it, it, we need something. I mean, else he's going to be Carl Strand, who's like, guess I wasn't. They sent like their 80th best guy. <laughs> and speaking of Rock being a fool, if he were smart, he would have made a copy of me before he started messing with it. So I'm thinking. He made a copy of her and he probably made a copy of these uh, other three hosts that he got to help Maeve. And I took it one step further. Um, I don't think he would have brought in additional hosts to help Maeve unless he were in full control of those hosts as well. So I believe he probably merged himself onto Clementine's Pearl and Hanar Hanar Hanario. Hanario's Pearl. It's Hanamero, okay? <laughs> Hanario. <laughs> Hanamero Rex, all right? All right. And in a sense, he pulled a Ford and he pulled a Dolores by making multiple copies of himself. Ooh, yeah, because again, a sensible person wouldn't create a chaotic situation in which he had no sta ability to stabilize. So, and again, they can merge. And this is taking us into this quantum, you know, physics with the quantum computers and all that this this capability to exist in the non-material world and i, I yeah i don't hate that because why you know mave if he knows anything about mave 
which he seems to know at least something about her. Why would he think this is somebody that's just going to, you know, do whatever I say? He's got to inject himself in there. And I, I uh, Jenny, can you name one smart thing that Sir X done? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but name um, one smart thing. I mean, buying out Delos piecemeal. That was pretty smart. You're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry, I had to come up with something. No, no, I know. I forced you. No, I did. It's, but, okay, yeah. it's a good one. But really, other than that, though, I mean, and that was smart to do. But beyond that, he has not done one intelligent thing. Yeah, we're talking about like a a almost god, living god, like a like like a Ford esque technology, like Elon. Musk. Oh, he thinks he's god. No, they all do, and that their hubris makes them <laughs> falter. But at least like the, the 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 other geniuses like at least exhibited like intelligence far greater. Not just I knew how to buy out a company strategically and, and chip down on the you know stock. It's like. Uh, no, but you're right. But that's that. Thank you, because that just shows right there that that is. It's like, well, he did good, like in his interview at Arby's. You know what I mean? Like, which is nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I mean, that's that's quite the feat. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, you're he not won going, the Apprentice. Yeah, you won. You're the boss now. Of what? Not a, a no. Nothing. It's not a real company. It's just this chair. Um. So yeah. No. Uh. No. Yeah. But yeah, he did. He did manage to acquire a company that was just after its second massacre and it's it's uh jeff bezos was running around killing people during during the aftermath of it so uh he got that and that is what he can pin his pride on right there so i really actually like this and we'll get to your next one brett because he has to do something else other than the else this would have been Mm -hmm. posted as the guy that's like just he is adequate at acquiring uh, properties you know what i mean like that's like that that would be like the the characterization of him he's a he's a decently skilled uh financial man mm-hmm. not super computer rehoboam biblical references all that none of that would be applied yeah it could be argued that his brother was that like the intellect behind building the those systems anyway so i think yeah it definitely is and i still don't again understand why he killed dempsey's it can't kill dempsey's like why he's like because i'm gonna have fun in cold storage. Um, you said you had another one? Yep. All right. So this theory is a two-parter. Nice. All right. So I have a theory that Caleb never left AR therapy. He's been in it the entire time. You son of a bitch. I knew you were going to get me eventually. <laughs> it was strange how when Stubbs went looking for the list of successful members of the re-education program that the only name he came up with was Caleb. And I believe that this profile was planted by Dolores for Stubbs to find, which means it's possible that the true efficacy rate for reconditioning outliers is 0% instead of 1 in 10, and all of the people in frozen pods are still experiencing their AR therapy while Sirach is just waiting to retrieve and implement this base programming data from Westworld that can supposedly fix them, and that Caleb is one of the people in these pods. So after Dolores discovered the secret uh, location, Sonora, Mexico, last week, she went there, accessed Solomon, and selected Caleb as the person whose AR therapy she would infiltrate in order to recondition him into doing what she wants. Which means the entire season, this entire season of the Dolores Caleb story, at least, uh, has been a simulated experience controlled by Dolores, generated by Solomon, 
and play it out for Caleb that has only taken place in the past day or two of real time. After all, time is just a construct when you're in a simulation. So using Solomon, the end result of the therapy is that Caleb possesses the instructions for how to carry out the perfect strategy to achieve Dolores' goal as if it were his own plan. And I can even envision him emerging from the therapy saying, I know what I must do, just like William did. Uh, so that's part one. That's the best one I've heard that I hate the most. <laughs> uh, so the, the, my, my thing is, she gets the same results this way, but also, in all fairness, I've been saying, what the hell? He doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't do this. It seems odd. Um, but, you know, a lot of times we mistake, you know, it's one of the best shows on TV, but it's still sometimes there's bad writing. Um, you know, like she's getting you're you're pretty much proposing that she gets to where we're at right now, but through the augmented reality um, instead of the real world, which I think has got validity because it's not sensible what we see here either. But mm. I'm saying, yeah, people are plugged into Solomon and she access solomon and is using solomon to basically implant what she she's using the reconditioning therapy for her own good mm -hmm. so she's reconditioning him how she wants yeah because that would give her yeah and there is that 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 conflict between them which would lead for a better reveal oh i hate it but i don't hate now, it so much this is when i want to tie in what jenny mentioned earlier i thought just one little thing that was weird was that how Francis talks about his kid being sick, but outlayers don't have children. So it's for Solomon, they this, don't this entire war story and the entire like killing friend story just could all be made up. Yeah. I, weird it, thing. I wonder when was Solomon retired and Rehoboam brought in 15 because, years ago, they said. So yeah. Caleb was at that facility with Solomon reconditioning him 15 years ago. I mean, how old Supposedly. is he anyway? Yeah. In the Russian Civil War was, I believe, 30 years ago. Um, they, somebody put down on the timeline. The time in which this civil war is happening is a time, I believe, in which uh, uh, the man in black is first in the park. Right. So, I mean, how old is Caleb supposed to be? Maybe 35? Um, 72, by my calculation. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. that would be really strange for him to have been there with Solomon when Solomon was active. So, it, I mean, and clearly they're not still using that facility to re-educate people, but they're using it for cold storage. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I have questions. So I, believe, I agree that that's weird. Okay, what I'm trying to figure out here, and it, it and man, because there, there's a lot that makes sense about that. So, what have we seen in the real world that Caleb was a part of? That if we take it away from the real world, you know, get what I mean? If we go with the, mm -hmm. the you know, like um, what, what, what would, what would deconstruct our story? Um, meaning, what would be devastating? Um, well, one thing, one thing I thought of is that um, ball, that they, the masquerade that they went to, mm -hmm. um, Caleb was there and Bernard and Stubbs were also there. But it could be that Dolores is using Bernard and Stubbs inside this simulation because Bernard's just been a pawn, you know, all season long anyway, it seems like. And she brought him back for a, and that, a, a logical. So, yeah, that's hard to and, argue, too, because she said, I need you. 
And that could that could mean that they're they're obviously helping William right now. Well, it could be like what you said last week that William is still also in his AR therapy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he don't, hasn't don't actually pander, woken up. Don't pander to me with that. That, that yeah, so my vanity. I'm bringing it around. I might agree with you on that now. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what can we take out of the real world interaction. How much do we see of Dolores in the real world without Caleb? Um. We see her with Liam at the party. We see her with Jerry getting all his money. Yeah, I'm saying not all of that is similar. I mean, no, I that's think, what I'm figuring out yeah, is right, okay. you're, when you got Caleb, uh, you know, like in here. So I'm like, like trying to remember the, and then we see her with Martin. Stu- yeah, the stuff with building her copies, I believe, is real. The Charlotte Hale mm-hmm. stuff is real. So, um, when we separate her from Caleb in what we've seen in the real world. Now also we see separate incidences of Bernard and Stubbs with William, specifically this episode speaking about what Dolores is doing with Caleb um, when, when she's not with them. So we, I guess still, I, cause it would that put William in the simulation as, as well. Um, I think that it's, there's, there's a lot less, that I can come up with right now than I would think that would crack holes in that. Um, but I, I see a few things that would crack okay. holes because it's connected, um, you know, loosely Caleb is connected almost l- with everything. Even if he's not there, he's loosely connected, but damn good. I mean, that is <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's an out there theory, but I kind of liked it. And I have a part two, which ties it all together. Oh shit! You haven't got the part two yet. I'm sorry. I tried to. I have not. You should have said shut up, Justin. I didn't even finish yet. <laughs> well, and... no, I wanted you to try Oh, Colton at first. <laughs> well, no, well, I, and, and again, guys, the reason I'm trying for everybody watching, I love these theories, but this is, you know, the, it's not the kiss everybody's ass show. It's let's have fun and and have different perspectives. So, and man, he's he's giving me trouble here. So this part two is not great. Oh, right, so part two. <laughs> okay, so so part one is uh, Caleb is actually still in AR treatment as we speak. Part two. Sirach acquired the guest data after his Delos takeover. So by taking over Delos, Sirach ensured that he would obtain all the Delos property, including the secret base programming guest data that Westworld had to offer. So now that he has this data, he can implement it by coding it into the AR treatments that are currently in progress for thousands of outliers, converting them, converting them into controllable, predictable members of society. But what he doesn't realize is that when he releases these outliers back into society, one of them is programmed to take him out and take over the world. Okay. Now, so how, how do you, how would you pose that she picked Caleb? She probably tapped into Solomon and figured out that this guy is very impressionable. Maybe. Um, and it is, uh, you know, it, I, the one thing I really like about it is the added advantage of him have of her having control of Solomon, right? Mm-hmm. To to fight Rehoboam with Solomon, if I'm on track there. Yeah, yeah. To use the technology against. Yeah. So I I like that aspect of it. I I, I again, you know, it doesn't completely strip away everything. It just it makes you know a lot of it. Uh, a little bit disconnected, but not enough to really ruin it. So one and one, I'm gonna say that. But out of all of them that again the methodology is strong the, the, the there's been all of it everything you're talking about has been prefaced 
there's a precedent set for it. You know, every you're not speaking of anything that we haven't seen happen before. You know, like as far as uh, these actions and, and the, the 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 abilities of these people to do the things, you're not like injecting a new skill set or anything like that. This is all within the context of the show, and that that's you know, and it's a fun um, a thing to, to think about because I really like the idea of her using Solomon against Rehoboam. I, I, I really like that the most. So, uh, God, yeah, I think that people are going to love it, Brett. Um, yeah, I, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I maybe I have more, but yeah, that, yeah, no, that, that's some pretty solid stuff. Jenny, anything to, to, um, to say on it? Um, it, it, you know, we're not looking to crush people here and I can't, no, even if I, even if I wanted, I, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jenny. Jenny. I, honestly, I, I really, I'm like, no, that could be, I mean, it's feasible. I, I don't know. Like the first part, I don't know that I necessarily believe that he never left AR therapy, but the second part, mm-hmm. possibly at least the part about him getting the d- guest data and all that. And yeah, I mean, it's feasible. I- I'm not going to argue it because I, <laughs> I have nothing to back myself up, but I don't necessarily think that he's still in the ar but i think that that is a feasible conclusion that you have backed up well it, it's not relying on shock is what i like about it, it right it, it, it the twist will be fun if that happens but the reason that you're proposing this is to explain a way which is you know where a lot of theories falter it's some of the best ones because what you're you you are explaining away like plot holes flaws and you know the story here you know minor ones it's a good story but there's some things that it's like oh the smartest guy in the world not acting like that and so forth so like yeah like you're you're bringing in um aspects that that add to the story don't destroy it i I, i'm gonna say just because i have to stick with it i don't think it's what's happening but if that's what's happening i pray to raya bohm i pray to to ford i pray to any god there is uh that, that that that's the way they do it because at least it wasn't just like guess what wasn't real guys it's like it wasn't real because I needed this control. That would piss me the fuck off. It'll piss off the people that want the theory after they get their like their transitory pleasure. You know what I mean? Their 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 moment high. Like they smoke some crack rock. They're like, yay, it's different. Oh, oh, everything's meaningless. But this <sighs> leaves us in a way that isn't meaningless. This gives us her control of another system. This leads us to the same path we're on actually with Caleb. Anyways, mm-hmm. it just leaves it in a way that actually is a little it is contri- a little arguably a little less contrived and i hate to say it, a little less contrived because the whole time he's just like okay she's like this is important <laughs> for you he's like okay you know what type of revolution she's like what the- this is the one question you idiot uh the good kind he's like okay she's like, these are the people that did bad <laughs> stuff to you he's like i guess they are uh and then it's like don't you want to find out boy he's like if it's okay if we have time yeah so it's like yeah not a lot of that adds up and this this would be that's good brett you might have just you might have just freaking uh converted oh. me brother you might have just made me a believer uh-huh. you made him a believer in the simulation within a simulation within a simulation theory oh hypothetically if well there's a little uh part two of the of the theory about Sirach being on Maeve's pearl because I thought I just thought it was really funny that William is like hell bent on um, killing hosts. Like that's his new mission now. And it could be that Sirach is like in three or four host bodies right now. So it could be that Dolores wants William to have that 
realization in his AR treatment that he needs to go out and he needs to kill these four hosts or whatever that are actually Serac. So yep. that would be funny that if he's dr- driven on that mission and Caleb is driven on his mission, but really they're just both Dolores's mission. Yeah, because they it would be killing the vessel, the vassal. I mean, right? Yeah. So again, probably toast anyway. Like I, I believe that there probably is. What do you and think? Then, Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to change to my one final theory, unless y'all had. No, no, more. please just say shut up, Justin, and let me tell my theories. All right, I'm just going like, to just I'm going to keep doing it. So. <laughs> and then one final theory, which is just revisiting a past theory. By activating the encryption key in Bernard's head, Dolores will replace Rehoboam's mirror world with the unlocked virtual Eden. Hmm. I don't remember us talking about this before, Brett. How long ago was this? I had the the crazy theory about her control, her uh, like sending all humans into a virtual heaven. You remember that? Vaguely. Kind of the same thing, but they keep talking about this virtual Eden and she sent it somewhere and there's an encryption key that I believe unlocks it. And I'm just waiting for this to happen. I think she sent it into Rehoboam. I've been waiting for Bernard to have a purpose all fucking season. She changed the court the last second and sent it somewhere. So I believe that she sent it to Rehoboam and she's going to use the encryption key in Bernard's head to unlock it. And there's going to be some sort of flip where it goes from the mirror of the real world to this virtual Eden world. And that could be. Do you think all the previous, the previous hosts will be there? The ones that are in the virtual Eden? Well, they could be there, but the way it's depend, it depends on how it was, how it's defined and how it was created that if, if you can make it whatever you want to be, you can make it to where you're by yourself and you're not interacting with anybody kind of thing, you know? Or you so can... it's your everybody's own personal yeah. virtual. The, par- the paradox of paradise is like, what if my mom is a horrible person, but I love her? Like, does Hitler get into heaven because his mom loved him? You know, because a true heaven to her would be with her son. Unfortunately, her true. son was one of the biggest pieces of shit to ever live. So it's like, right. you know, like, how do you do? Does your dog get to go? Does everybody get to go? I don't like my brother. So all much. dogs I, go to heaven. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't like, like yeah. when I, when I catch it, uh, entered and he immediately saw his, uh, the love of his life. I forget her name. Um, she wasn't a host that went in there. He like created her in there. You know, right, so it's like right. you can create whatever you want kind of thing. So it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter if they're there or True. not. I mean, yeah. I assume they're, I'm su- I assume their their data is still there, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be directly interacting with humans. Right. They're not like, like living in their, they're the same. Okay. I got you. Yeah. But isn't that kind of sad? It's like, well, I guess if, if you can't tell, does it matter? But isn't that kind of the commentary like on, of, of this show? Like, you know, like overall, like it's, it's like they can create these fabricated realities, but you know, like it's. It, what truly makes you you so it's like w- wouldn't it be kind of like sad to know that like it's just a projection of this person using the data for them like that it's not that it's not authentic you know what i mean but perhaps perhaps you don't know that when you're there uh so it par- just feels real paradise it's is blind. blind yeah paradise is blind with ignorance i like it that that actually is paradise i live it every day mm-hmm. um no my problem is i think too much uh, too much self-reflection but no all right brett you got to go into this fun prediction but there's another Jesus. Uh, well, I call this. Uh, this is not really a theory. It's just a. It would be a fun prediction. It's not based on a whole lot other than the idea that 
if Serac is actually in Maeve's Pearl, then that opens up the possibility that if you want to bring Ford back for the finale, which who doesn't want to see which Anthony Hopkins we do. Again, we want to see him. Then the waves Ford, converge. Ford could manifest himself again from Bernard's mind, and then he could have a conversation with Serac because I still uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they, they know each other from their past. And so it would be really interesting if, you know, they both fabricated, you know, out of data and like had a conversation with each other. Our I think that would be karate cool. fight. <laughs> karate fight. What, what do you think? Fort for- rock karate fight. Oh my, that'd be funny. Imagine the dancing from oceans uh, with, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Vincent Castle, and then imagine Anthony Hopkins, like either Hannibal him or I guess him with a walking stick. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it would be. I think it'd be close. So yeah, no, that that's very interesting. They have to know each other. He sold. He sold the information. Like uh, the man in black. Well, he sold information. uh, Yeah, William did. But Ford knows everything, so it's one of those things. It's like, is that the one? Like that's a huge oversight. The idea that, right. that that Maeve's escape journey originally, maybe she was going to Serac because yeah, we had talked where, about where that previously. Could she possibly go in, in the real world and be safe? So, and they were looking. That was the original sighting of the mole. It, it was to seek that out. It's in season one, actually. Um, you know, Charlotte's uh, betrayal. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's that that is supposedly mm. her mission there. So for some people that think that that was like. A, whatever their own idea yeah no that's been there the whole time uh it's just it's yeah it's a little bit hidden um but yeah everybody was so surprised when they found out she was the mole i was like i thought they like explicitly stated this season (laughs) like i didn't get it but whatever praise to whoever wants it i guess those Uh, are just the people that weren't watching it as closely no they're the people that mm -hmm, those are the people that are claiming to watch it it'd be the authorities so it's weird i'm like didn't now whatever anyways they're wrong yeah no but uh no yeah though in my i don't want to cut the fun bag short is it are you out is it, uh, are you out of yeah. intelligence <laughs> yeah i think i think that's everything you're like the Ener- energizer bunny of intellect dude it just keeps it just keeps <laughs> on going and then i'm just like the i'm like the uh the noid uh from uh remember the old pizza uh commercials i yeah. just i stomp on it i'm like <laughs> and run away so no um so that is I think that was dominoes. one more real quick one see uh, i'm just gonna say this because i just it, it, i visualize it it would be really cool if um that let me that execute button that dolores hits the way they collapse to the ground reminds me of the way Maeve collapsed to the ground in episode two when she was yanked out of the simulation and um, Hector kind of collapsed when he was yanked out of the simulation. It's not like they just like they're turned off, like freeze all motor functions, you know, when they were um, decommissioned. It's like, I wonder if the show is trying to tell us this is what happens when they're yanked from a simulation. So it'd be really cool instead of like an EMP that went off, if that button just like threw the through their uh, consciousnesses 
out of the simulation into somewhere else. But an EMP so. would do that, actually. An EMP that w- would possibly... Now, there's... I've, I've read, because yeah. everybody asks on the after show, uh, us, and I'm like, I, none of us have like that information, but I have, have done the research after, the little bit of it, and there's the possibility that, you know, like, people are like, what's up with this earpiece still working, and they're like, that would... So, but it would momentarily stunt uh, these the systems. So the simulation, in theory... It would make sense, at least with, especially with this show, because please tell me how the bullets work. You know what I mean? Uh, that the, yeah. that we don't need that. That can still be an EMP, but that would like <laughs> glitch the, the the simulation, right? And they'd be thrusted in and out of it, which would cause that. It, yeah, it could. Yeah, it could be both things. And it also, I wonder if that means that Solomon could have uh, left the sim, like Solomon could still be alive in some other level or something. Uh, who knows? Yeah, no, I, um, those, those are, we had so many questions about like, uh, that were just the EMP is supposed to supposedly erases the data, right? No, it's an electronic, uh, what I heard somewhere today. It, it, <laughs> if it crashes a system, it could, but, uh, electromagnetic pulse, uh, right. uh so it, it sends out a wave that uh, is disruptive to like sonar, to any type of technology. It doesn't necessarily destroy it, but it's not. It's it's like smoking. It's not good for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I I did not look it up. I had heard that it erased, and I was like, really? Because I don't think they're gone. It could. <laughs> or it could be. Could be. It's, it could be a, a lower level type of electromagnetic wave that's not going to destroy everything. It just you know because this is the future, so it could be kind of like an EMP, but just not destroy everything. Yeah, and an EMP doesn't necessarily destroy everything. It right. just, it, it, yeah, it, and by them saying it erases it, it could, but that would just be an effect of it being damaged from the EMP. It's so. And purpose I feel is like because its purpose was to keep uh, Solomon from leaving, so that doesn't necessarily mean that it would erase Solomon, as long as it stopped him sh- by shutting him down, like. Who's going to be there to to start him back up? So he's effectively erased or not erased, but effectively dead, you know, because who nobody's going to come back and, and turn him back on. So, but then all those people are going to die too. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be the pods. It, it's Possibly, a, pod people yeah. are going to die because the, 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 the refrigeration is going to be shut off too, isn't it? It, it's not going to be shut off though, unless the well, power, all the power went out. No, it momentarily it, it, it turned dark, and we yeah, didn't see it come back on. But but it, but the way in which that would work is that it it would disrupt. It would not destroy. It, so if right, I'm not saying it, it would destroy it, but if it's shut off and nobody comes back to start it back up, how's it going to start? Because it's up not again? a switch shutting off like a few like you know like a generator or anything. It's the pulse interrupts the flow of energy. And then once the pulse dissipates, the energy is able to operate again. Get what I mean? Nobody slammed the switch down. It's not right, a hard and- turn off. Okay. You wouldn't I'm need not, somebody. I'm not saying again. You maybe would. Need I'm to not re- arguing it yeah. because I don't know enough about it. I just was saying, you know, it, it effectively shuts Solomon down, mm-hmm. which prevents him from leaving. And also, he's not going to be able to continue to run, probably, because I would assume that he's going to need some kind of intervention to get going again. But I don't know that for a fact. And, and I'm not an expert either. Just the, what I know about it is, is that you, it, that's it'd be like, OK, so you know, sometimes your power flickers, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, but you don't need to go mess with your fuse box or anything. 
you know, right. like it's going to cause something more along those lines. So, like, you would think that this quantum computing at least has a backup battery, uh, you know, like of some sort. Uh, like, I'm just saying it's not a hard shut off, but it could erase data because of a malfunction or, you know, right. uh, 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 any type of any type of thing is possible. But generally mm-hmm. speaking, I think we're led to believe that this was a momentarily a momentary yeah this was just a moment that they were disrupted and it, it worked for what happened with Dolores and Maeve that needed to happen and it's a brief uh disruption it is not like the end of the world switch hypothetically if I think it does make some sense I don't know if that's what's going on but I thought it was a fun little theory the road ends essentially in the same place that it or it leads to the same place so that that's a very big part of it everybody else is like it could just all be not happening i'm like mm-hmm. so what's happening they're like <clears throat> i need to back that up i'm like you should you probably should <laughs> um but uh no i yeah you guys are fantastic i think that this season finale it's not extended from what i know um but you know we can help it's gotta happen yeah, it's definitely, we know the show is going to happen, and that is breaking news. Right, they're going to have at least one more season, and they've been contracted through six seasons, so That's weird, we'll yeah, they, they planned on five, and that's good. Uh, you know, it's important to, to note that HBO isn't so concerned with viewership as far as they are concerned with subscriptions. Right, because yeah. their their viewership has been lower mm-hmm. this this season. As long right. as subscriptions aren't dropping off during this the, the, you know the the trends aren't showing that people are dropping they're probably still showing that people are hbo is working off a system of like watchmen very much so kept people subscribed you know at the very least is their hope and a business model in time for westworld westworld has to do the same thing for another show you got your pillars you got your yeah. staples that you need to keep people you don't when they see subscriptions drop or they don't see a raise in them, a rise in them before, then that's something they would probably be worried about. I'm not speaking for them, but it makes, they don't give a shit if, if the people that give them money don't watch it. As long as they, you know what I mean? Um, it is what it is. I mean, maybe they give a shit, maybe one or two fucks. But no, you guys have been fantastic. We've got W. Axel Foley um, joining us for the finale. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of him. He's the host of this podcast. Because um, guess what? I was just a simulation. Yeah, no, it's been so much fun. Uh, we, we met three weeks ago, and I feel like we bonded. We're pretty much best friends. 